From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Thank you for joining us for another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak. Today we continue a series of studies on the doctrine of the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. We'll be hearing from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy a devotional thought from the pen of Charles Haddon Spurgeon, found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Our devotional for today is entitled, Joyful Security. The text is Isaiah 41 and verse 10. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Fear of falling is wholesome. To be venturesome is no sign of wisdom. Times come to us when we feel that we must go down unless we have a very special support. Here we have it. God's right hand is a grand thing to lean upon. Mind, it is not only his hand, though it keepeth heaven and earth in their places, but his right hand, his power united with skill, his power where it is most dexterous. Nay, this is not all. It is written, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness, that hand which he uses to maintain his holiness and to execute his royal sentences, this shall be stretched out to hold up his trusting ones. Fearful is our danger, but joyful is our security. The man whom God upholds, devils cannot throw down. Weak may be our feet, but almighty is God's right hand. Rough may be the road, but omnipotence is our upholding. We may boldly go forward. We shall not fall. Let us lean continually where all things lean. God will not withdraw his strength, for his righteousness is there as well. He will be faithful to his promise and faithful to his Son, and therefore faithful to us. How happy ought we to be! Are we not so? I have been through the Sustain. So 
midst of this increasingly secularized and materialistic society, multitudes of men, women, and young people seem to have forgotten that they have immortal souls, and that one day they must stand before a holy God and face the ultimate judgment. Despite every effort to banish the reality of death from the mind, the Word of God declares, "...it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment." How can a person be ready for that awful day? Is there a way to face God without fear? The great 19th century preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon answered this question in a powerful sermon entitled, Preparing to Meet God. Let the Bible Speak now offers a booklet published by the Trinitarian Bible Society, which contains this vital message under the title, Preparing to Meet God. In addition to the sermon text, the publication contains a brief biographical sketch of Spurgeon's life, as well as a schedule for reading the Bible through in a year, all contained in an attractive, conveniently sized booklet. To obtain your copy, simply email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you wish, you may call us at 864 864- Two four four two four zero eight. That's eight six four two four four two four zero eight. If you prefer regular mail, you may simply write "Let the Bible Speak," twelve o seven Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina two nine six one five. That's "Let the Bible Speak," twelve o seven Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina two nine six one five. Just ask for your copy of "Preparing to Meet God." and we'll be happy to provide it.
on today's broadcast, Dr. Karen continues to deal with the matter of the leading of the Holy Spirit, a subject which has perplexed many of God's people through the years. In this message, Dr. Cairns is emphasizing three important words that are the infallible indication of the Holy Spirit's leading, God's Word, God's Way, and God's Will. Today, Dr. Cairns comes to that all-important question, how does one come to know the will of God? Now to continue this message on the leading of the Holy Spirit, here is Dr. Cairns. Turn over to the book of James, James 4 and verse 5. Now, he's castigating Christians for spiritual adultery, friendship with the world. And he says, verse 4, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God? Do ye think that the Scripture saith in vain the Spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth the envy? Now, to look at the verse as it appears in the English translation, most people are going to say, well, uh, the spirit that is in us is the wicked, depraved spirit that's always lusting to to envy. But that's the very opposite to what James is saying. He is arguing against Christians being carnal. And he says, do you think that it is in vain, in an empty fashion, uh, that the Scripture says, and this is the meaning, the Spirit who took up his abode in us, longs with jealous envy. The Holy Spirit, whom God has sent to take up his abode in us, longs with jealousy for the holiness of the Christian. Just as in the Ten Commandments from the throne of heaven, God said, The Lord thy God is a jealous God. So here James says, The Holy Spirit longs with a jealous envy in the believer. In other words, he stirs up strong desires in a Christian because he is jealous for the testimony of that Christian. He's jealous that that Christian would walk in ways holiness. Let me say, my friend, here is one very strong evidence of the leading of the Holy Spirit. If there are within the believer's breast strong desires stirred up after holiness, strong desires to overcome the flesh, Sometimes, therefore, strong mourning over sin. Thank God there is the evidence of the leading of the Spirit of God. He leads us to the Word. He leads us in the way of holiness. Now, notice the order. First the Word, then the way. How do you know what is holy? By the Word. How do you know God's way? By God's Word. He leads us firstly to the Word. Then He leads us in the way. And then, and only then, can we come to this, that the Holy Ghost leads the Christian in God's will. Now, to know the will of God is the desire of every true Christian. If you tell me you're saved and you have no concern 
what the will of God is for your life, then I doubt the reality of your Christianity. Every true Christian has an inbred yearning for the will of God. This is the constant prayer of the Christian. Psalm 61 verse 2 we were singing from it this morning. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. The yearning of the Christian's heart when he reads the Bible, when he prays, as he walks through life, as he's in the fellowship of the church, as he listens to a sermon, whatever, the yearning of the Christian's heart is, lead me to Christ. Lead me to Christ. If you can go through life, my friend, and there is no yearning after Jesus Christ, then I tell you there is no leading of the Spirit of God, and you are not a Christian. Lead me to the rock. In Psalm 43, in verse 3, the psalmist cries, O send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacle. Notice again the yearning of the heart is to get into God's presence. To get into God's tabernacle. And of course God's tabernacle is Christ. So he says, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Psalm 27, verse 11. He prays a prayer. Teach me thy way, O Lord. That's the prayer of every Christian's heart. As he goes through this life, as he's facing the decisions of life, and the troubles of life, and the trials of life, and the complex maze that is modern life, the desire of the Christian is, teach me thy way, O Lord. And lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. In the 38th Psalm, the, the psalmist says, mine enemies, they are lively and they are strong. So here he's crying, Lord, as I'm surrounded by enemies, and as I'm surrounded by decisions that have to be made, not just decisions between right and wrong, I've got the Bible in that. But decisions as to what is the best thing to do. What is the best way to go? What is the best time to act? Where there's no right and wrong obviously involved. Where two things appear and morally they are both acceptable in the light of the moral law of God. Yet there may be tremendous results from a decision for one or the other. Lord, lead me in a plain path. That the enemy would not gain the ascendancy. That I may be in the center of the will of God. In Psalm 5, the end of the 8th verse, you've got a prayer that sums it all up. And I would pray it for me, and I would pray it for every Christian. The psalmist cried, make thy way straight before my face. Here is the constant prayer of the Christian. Thank God we can pray it with confidence, for there is a covenant purpose of God to answer that prayer. The great example of leading in Scripture is in the case of the children of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt. And over in the book of Exodus chapter 13, 
we have this statement. The end of the chapter, verse 21 and 22. The Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them in the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. You think of that. Now we're not going to have a cloudy, fiery pillar. But thank God we have this promise of the leading of the Spirit of God. We have the Holy Ghost who by day and by night will lead the people of God. It is God's covenant Remember it is said in the 80th Psalm, a description of the Lord Jehovah, Thou who us Joseph like a flock. That's what he did for the children of Israel. In the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 40, he leads his people like a flock. He gathers the weak of the flock in his arms and carries them. Verse 11 says, He gently leadeth them that are with young. How the Lord leads His people. There is a covenant purpose here. And we ought to be living in that purpose. Over in the book of Numbers, chapter 9, the 23rd verse, you have God's people living in the center of this purpose. At the commandment of the Lord, they rested in the tents. At the commandment of the Lord, they journeyed. They kept the charge of the Lord. At the commandment of the Lord. Notice that triple commandment of the Lord. The commandment of, of the Lord was made known to them by the pillar of cloud and the fire. When that moved, they moved. When that rested, they rested. Where it went, they went. This is a picture of the leading of the Spirit of God. Whether you go or whether you stay, it must be dictated by the Spirit of God. This is God's purpose. And thank God it's God's clear promise in Scripture. I think of the words of Psalm 32 and verse 8. Where the Lord says to the psalmist, I will guide thee with mine eye. I will guide thee with mine eye. The promise of Proverbs 3, In all thy ways acknowledge him. He shall direct thy paths. The New Testament promise of James 1 and 5, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. And it shall be given him. Now, here is the Christian man yearning to live in God's will. God's purpose is that he lives in God's will. God's promise is that he live in God's will. The big question is, how? How is it done? How do you come to know the will of God? I think that's probably the greatest question, the most frequent question. And the preacher is asked from sincere Christians, How do I know the will of God? 
Well, first of all, let me tell you, you'll not simply know it by somebody else telling you. With one fellow who believed, he misunderstood and misapplied uh, one of the Proverbs, and so he went to the multitude of counselors, and he would select as many Christians as he could, especially looking for people that he thought would tell him what he wanted to hear, and if he got a lot of Christians to say the same stupid thing, that was the will of God. What a travesty of Scripture. Remember the order of our three words, the word, the way, and then the will. The Holy Ghost illuminates the mind with the Word of God. Remember our text from last Lord's Day. You have an unction of the Holy One. And you need not that any man teach you. I'm not going to start expounding that verse again. But remember it's true of every Christian. There is an unction. That which touches peculiarly the understanding of the believer, that gives him a knowledge of truth and of God's mind and God's will. So the Spirit illuminates the mind with the Word of God. Then he works obedience in the heart to the Word of God. And then he leads us in the will of God. There's a, a verse that would well repay your study in Genesis 24:27. The words of Eliezer the servant of Abraham who was on his way to obtain a wife for Isaac. And when he got there and he found that he had gone straight to the very woman that the Lord had for Isaac, he stood back in amazement. And these were his words. I, being in the way, the Lord led me. He was in the way of the knowledge of the word that his master had given him. He was in the way of obedience to that word. He was in the way of prayer. For he had taken time to get down before God and commit this to the Lord. He was in the way of faith for having committed it to the Lord. He rolled the burden unto his God. And being in the way, the Lord led him. I want to tell you, my friend, there's first the Word, then there's the way, then there's the leading in specific areas. You desire God's will. And if you're diligent to get to know the Scripture and what the Bible has to say upon it, and if you're willing to obey this book, whatever it says, the Holy Spirit of God has committed Himself to give you light from heaven, to give you a conviction of the heart and of the mind and of the will. He'll show you what the will of the Lord is. He says in Romans 12, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. He says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, in order that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The trouble with so many Christians who don't know what it is to live in God's will, is that they want God's will when it suits them, and they want to go the way of the world at other times. You can't have God's will and be living in defiance to God's word. You can't have God's will and be living after a carnal fashion. 
You're going to walk outside of God's will. And I tell you, when a Christian deliberately walks outside of the will of God, that Christian's courting disaster. I've seen it happen again and again and again. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, founded by Dr. Alan Cairns. Let the Bible Speak is also heard in many parts of the world through the international radio outreach of Let the Bible Speak, produced in Northern Ireland. The Free Presbyterian Church stands without apology for the absolute inerrancy of the Bible, emphasizing preaching that centers on the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ and is militant in its stand against the ecumenical apostasy and the efforts of the world to infiltrate the church. For further information about the Free Presbyterian Church, you may email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. You may call us at 864-244-2408, or you may write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Again, that's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Also, we encourage you to visit the website of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America at www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 